Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. These times, they are challenging. Rocket Mortgage is prepared to help. If you need mortgage assistance, contact their team 24-7 at rocketmortgage.com. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. And just over one hour from now, if you've listened to this show with any regularity over the last few years, you know I'm a NASCAR fan. I will give you my opinion on the Confederate flag and NASCAR Yes, I think Wednesday was a great day for NASCAR and a great day for NASCAR fans, and I will explain that later on in the show. Also coming up in 40 minutes, James Herbert will join us. He talks about the NBA. He writes about the NBA for CBS Sports and CBS Sports HQ, CBSSports.com. We'll talk to him about the restart. Kyrie Irving says, no, I want to stop some things right now. So we'll talk to James Herbert coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. It's going to be a fantastic time. And then Bill Bender, one of my favorites, he joins us 12.40 p.m. Eastern. We argue about the office with Ryan Hickey later on. It's going to be a hell of a show, and we'll dive back into Colin Kaepernick. Before I dive into Major League Baseball, i got to bring Pierno on for a second, okay? Pierno. Okay. I said, now, today's a big day. we got birthdays in the family and the whole thing, so right after the show, I'm a very busy man. It's going to be a hell of a time. But I did say my once-a-week ritual in the summertime, it's too cold to go outside and do that stuff in the winter. I ain't, I ain't doing that in the winter. But my once-a-week ritual in the summertime is on Saturday nights. I like to sit out on the porch. And if we're being honest here, I'll either watch uh, television on Netflix on my computer out on the front porch, or I'll listen to um, the All Request Saturday Night Show with Kenny Kidd on, on WNCX here in Cleveland. So that's my thing, and I will have – a little bit of whiskey, and I will smoke a cigar. And immediately, Pierno gets in and goes, "Ah, oh, hey, wait, wait, what type of cigars you get there?" Which is a terrible Pierno impression. I'm sorry. What did you What did you <laughs> ask me? What did you ask me, Pierno? I did like a bull impression, and I should have done a you impression. Sorry, Pierno. Go uh, ahead. I was just curious, you know, uh, if you went all out and if you bought real expensive cigars for the occasion. I don't. I am. It's very hard for me to spend money on myself. You get what I'm saying? 
I get like, what you're I, saying. Uh, I, I feel very guilty if I spend a lot of money on myself. See, that's like, why it, I was a chore since it was a rare occasion maybe yes. for this particular instance then you no. would try maybe to get the best of the best. Yeah, no, every every Saturday is a is a day for me. I try to go – I try to stick under $10 a, a cigar at least. Usually if I go to a cigar store, I'll get at least one house cigar, which is like the – you know, because they have their company that rolls it down in Florida and then makes – I get one house cigar – then I will get one cheapy. I call them a cheapy, like a quorum. They're like f- less than four bucks each, depending on where you're at. They're less than four bucks. And then maybe I'll get something nice, like punch is my go-to. All right, I I like I like punch. I I think they make a fine, I think they make a fine cigar. But I don't think if you look in my humidor or anything like that, which I have a small humidor here, which actually I'm about to empty it tonight. Actually, you're not gonna find like a Davidoff in there. Okay. Like you're not really gonna find like premium forty dollar, twenty two dollar each. Like that's just that, I, I'm not gonna be able to bring myself to do that. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I don't know. I get what you're saying because and back a, back in the day, yeah, uh, this is great. I used Go to ahead. I used to get a Philly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a bunch of my friends like smoke cigarettes and like we would go out at the. <laughs> We would I used go to get a Philly. We would go out to like the beach at night and my friends would be smoking their cigarettes, which I wasn't into, so I'm like, eh, you know, let me get something that I could have that I can enjoy and <laughs> so <laughs> let me Where get would it. you get it from though? Where would you buy your Philly from? Oh, any uh any any local store, um deli. Gas station, you mean? You'd buy it from a gas station? Or do you walk into a deli? Oh my god. Wait, they sell them right there with the meat and everything? They sell them right behind the counter with the cigarettes. I mean, you know what people do with those, right, Pierno? For the, with the Philly? Yeah. Yeah, they use it to sm- uh, put smoke weed. Okay. I was making sure you knew that. I didn't know if you knew that or not. Like, that's... I know. I would say nine times out of ten, <laughs> that's what the person who's buying the Philly is yes. doing with that. They're turning yeah. it into a blunt. Exactly. Because we had this kid... With, <laughs> funny, when I was in high school, we had a guy named Todd who used to walk around, would you like to smoke a Philly Blanc? Like, that's how he talked. <laughs> and, God, in those days... We're going to go down a weird road here, but fine. I would say my favorite in them days... Not that I condone this practice. Um, I would say Optimo was probably my favorite. Those were nice. Those were real nice. There's another cheap one. Is it Double Dutch? What, what the hell is Dutch the Masters? Dutch Masters, yeah. Yeah, with the, with the family out there on the front of the box. Yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> the other one. You get the Dutch Masters. You could get Swisher Sweets. You got White Owl. 855-2124-CBS. What'd you roll your blunts with? <laughs> um, you could get White Owl. White Owls came in that white little owls, plastic yes. case. White Owls, yes. I forgot they, about White Owls. They probably yes. still do. They're probably still there. I just don't look anymore. Um, White House was there. Backwoods, Backwoods is is very popular in states that are not my like Ohio. We never we never got into the backwoods. We never got there. So those were interesting. Oh damn! What else? I'm missing a perfect one. Oh, would you ever do the Black and Mild? Never even heard of it. You never heard of a? Oh my God, Pirano! You've never heard of a Black and Mild? No. Okay, what it is? Is you could get the regular plastic tips, or you could go wood tip, which was you know, real classy. Yes, and the wood tip. Is yeah, they're classy. like long, thin <laughs> cigars. They're long, thin cigars, and you could smoke them like a cigar, or you could do which has become a time honored tradition. You could freak the mild. 
and you see what that is, is you would take you would take the mild and you would open it up. But remember to leave the cellophane. You can't crush the cellophane. This is important. And you would take the mild. And there's plenty of different ways to do it. There's somebody driving around going, Ken, that's not the way you do it. You're doing it all wrong. This is the way I did it, okay? This is the way I did it, and this is the way I learned. From the mean streets of Perry Township, Ohio. Is where you would you take the you take the, the the black and mild, unwrap the top, pull the top off, the cellophane I'm talking about, pull the cellophane down. Then you take do you ever like start a fire, try to start a fire with sticks like you were in Boy Scouts? Try to. <laughs> gently, gently, because you don't want to rip the paper, because then you gotta start all over again. Gently try to get that out of there. And if you could do it, there's guys who could who were able to do it quickly. I didn't do it enough to do it very quickly, but I got pretty decent at it. I ain't gonna lie to you. You would uh you'd take it and, and the tobacco falls out into the cellophane. All right? So you get all the tobacco out of the cigar. Then there's this little piece, you open it up, you get yourself either a pair of pliers or some guys use roach clips. Um you would get a you would look down in there, and down in there, there was a piece of paper, and we called it the cancer paper when we were kids. That's probably not what it's called at all. But it, I think it, it was supposed to make it burn slower or give it the flavor or something like that. You pull that out of there. you got to be gentle, though, because if you pull it out too quick, it'll actually hurt the, it'll actually hurt the cigar that you're trying to smoke. You follow me, Pierno? I'm writing this all down for later tonight. Okay. okay. I'm ser- you might want to try it later on tonight. Open up a window. I don't want your mom being upset, but you get what I'm saying. So you pull that out. You pull it out carefully. You can't go too slow because it'll hurt it. You can't go too fast because it'll hurt it. you got to be careful, and it might take a couple of chances to do it. But don't ruin it. You pull that out. Discard that. You don't need that. Then you take the cellophane and slowly, carefully put the tobacco back in. Now, some people just leave the tobacco out of there and put something else in. You, you, whatever you do is whatever you do. I'm not trying to get in your business, America, okay? What you did was you take the cigar, you take the tobacco, you put the tobacco back in. You might want to twist the top if you wanted to. Some people, and I swear to you on this, I knew a couple of people who would put it in and then they would drop like a little bit of sugar in there while they were putting the tobacco in. So they put a little bit of tobacco, a little bit of sugar, kind of mix it around a little bit, more tobacco, more sugar, more tobacco, more sugar, depending on how they really wanted it sweet. It was already sweet anyway, and then they would go. Then they would do it. I'm, I'm, I'm not lying to you, Pierno. And so then you would do it. You'd kind of twist off the little end. You light the little end, and away you go. And it was supposed to, when you freak the mild, it's supposed to hit a lot harder when you freak the mild. Gotcha. So that's the basis of that. If you just smoke the mild as is, you're still going to get a taste. You're still going to get a flavor. But, boy, you, you freak a mild. It's a – friendo, it is a completely different lifestyle, friend. I'm telling you right now, it is a completely different life. You enjoy that cigar tonight. I will. I will. Which some people are saying, can use a layer to – use a layer immersion pipe bowl with a Captain Black pipe. I'm not into the pipes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm not into the pipes. My brother-in-law is into pipe smoking. It just is a little bit too ma- – and I don't smoke enough – I don't smoke enough to really get into it. Like, I, I would only smoke – I only smoke a cigar once a week, and honestly, it's only during the, the good winter months or the good summer months. When Once it gets cold – because there's no way in hell I'm ever going to be able to smoke a cigar, even in my own office downstairs. I don't care what anybody says. It's just not going to happen in the house. And I really don't want to go sit out in the garage. It's just during the winter months I don't smoke one. But during the uh, during the summer, while we're hosting shows, 
I wait until after Saturday because I don't have a show to do on Sundays. And so after Saturdays, after the show, uh, later on tonight, I'll go out on the porch and I'll pour myself some black velvet. And I'll light one up and I'll have myself a good time. I'll probably either listen again, my buddy Kenny Kidd over there at uh, NCX, or I'll watch King of the Hill. Whichever one. Whichever nice. one strikes my fancy. Yeah, there you go. I, you I, know, it's a, I'm it's sorry. a simple life. I'm sorry. I know this is coming up later, but wh- what's, what's your go thing ahead. with The Office, with Hickey? Just because it's one of my favorite oh. shows. I'm just curious. Oh, well, well, I will say that the, the Office, let me preface this. The reason we can fight so much about this is because The Office is such a well-written show. People fight with me about the characters of The Office as if they're real people, and I think that's an ode to how good the show is. Do you agree with me? You gotcha. disagree with me? Okay, okay, yeah, I agree, yeah. Because I have a top five most hated characters that I like, and I have a top five most loved characters that I like. And my hated characters, I always get a bunch of crap for being a hot take artist and saying something I don't believe in, which I, I, I'm i sorry, I've watched the show. Because of Lizzie, I've watched that show every episode at least ten times through. And that's Me a too. hand to God. That's a hand to God. And there are certain characters that people love that I absolutely hate. I despise them. I can't tell you who they are because I think you're going to go nuts on me. You know a show that um, I finally watched that a lot of people put it right up there with that I finally got around to, and I totally what? agree now, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is good. Parks and Rec is good. No, I don't it's think real, it's as, no, it's real. I, the, I don't think it's as good as The Office. The, I, I love the Ron best, Swanson, but... The best of The Office is still better than the best of Parks and Rec, but yeah. overall quality, Parks and Rec is right there with The it's Office. It's very good. That, that was a weird time because The Office is really good, and very well written, and Parks and Rec is very good, and also very well written. And both of those shows, you remember, those shows struggled. And both those shows started off very slow. They weren't very good early on, but then they both like picked up steam starting in the second season. See, I, I thought and took off when I first saw when I first saw the when I first saw Parks and Rec. The the moment I saw Ron Swanson, I'm like, this guy's going to break out. This character's breaking out. People are going to love this guy. And sure as hell, I was right. When I saw The Office, I thought The Office, it was just, I think people had to get used to cringe-worthy moments. That's what makes it so good, is it's so realistic. We all sit through these moments where we go, oh, my God, oh, my God. We all do it. Not to, not to like, I've never had a boss who set his feet on fire from a George Foreman grill <laughs> by accident. Like, I've never had that happen, but we've all had those moments in an office or at a party or something like that. We're going, oh, boy, this is awkward. But I'm not going to give away what I can sell, Pierno. I'm sorry. You're going to have to listen a little bit later on because at about 1.20 p.m. Eastern, it'll probably take over the rest of the show, Hickey and I are going to have a knockdown drag out over the office. And you're probably going to agree with Hickey because I'm used to people disagreeing with me over this take that I'm about to share coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern, okay? Well, I won't be listening, but... Why won't you be listening? I'm not what gonna... else do you have to I'm do? Just gonna be, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to be listening at that oh, time. Well, thank you very much. That's fantastic. I'm glad you love the show. I'm glad you take participation in the show. Pierno, that's fantastic. Okay. Well, if you ever have a project, I'll be sure to not. I'll have that. Hickey send me the uh, the audio afterwards. Nah, he to hell with you. To me. hell with him and to hell with you. Two eight five five two one two four CBS. I'm kidding. I love you, buddy. Coming up next, I want to get into. I'm getting tired of having to imagine of what baseball is going to be, and if I'm getting tired of it, I think you're getting tired of it. And also, college coaches, finally, they might have to be held accountable again. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. James Herbert joining us 11.35, 11.40 a.m. Eastern, also 12.40 p.m. Eastern. Bill Bender will join us, Sporting News National College football writer. Talk to him about some of the rankings he has of the coaches in certain conferences and 
<sighs> Kirk Ferentz, boy, that's just as tone deaf as it gets. We'll get to Bill Bender coming up at 1240 p.m. Eastern again, 855-2124-CBS. I want to get into baseball. I desperately do. However, Shaka in Atlanta wants to tell us his favorite cigar. Shaka, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, Ken. Hey, man. Great topic, first of all. Uh, my cigar of choice was, um, you know, the, the White Owls, Peach, White Owls to be specific. And, uh, you know, there was always our northern friends. This is like late 90s, 2000s. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely domesticated now by the institution of marriage and family. But those were great days, man. And um, the Dutch was always in a, a good hand's reach, uh, as well as the backwoods. I think that's been a staple. See, backwoods so, uh, to me, backwoods in my area, like, are, are you, were you born and raised in Georgia then, I take it? Yeah, from Atlanta, uh, okay. went to college, uh, a, a couple of different places, mostly in Tennessee, um, but I stayed mostly in the south. And I've lived all over the, I lived out west. Uh, it's, it's always, it, it was the same, you know, and then it ended, that type of lifestyle ended. But those were the best, those were good days, man. Backwoods to me, and Shaka, thank you so much for the call. Backwoods for me, that was it was it's after I've never I've only had a backwoods once, and I actually just had a backwoods. That's like there, okay, we'll have a backwoods here. I'll just try it. We'll see what it is, and it was okay. I I thought there was a lot of people who love them. They swear by them, but those are in like I have buddies from the south who came up for college, and they'd be like, "Where's your backwoods? Where's your backwoods?" Like they didn't know we didn't really have them up here. We did not have backwoods. It's like a new thing. Now you can find them anywhere, but we did not get into them. Again, Optimo's was a nice one. White Owl, definitely one of them. Dutch Masters, every now and then. But the popular ones, Black and Mild, those ones, White Owl, that White Owl was just, that was, I mean, for some, if, if you weren't coming with White Owl, you weren't coming correct. I mean, that's basically what it was to some folks that I grew up with. 855-2124-CBS. Okay, James Herbert, we'll talk basketball with him, coming up here momentarily. I wanted to know, and Robert asked me, Robert brought up something on Twitter because I was talking to Jared Diamond, and it was some of the things of what could happen permanently. What could happen permanently with baseball? And Robert says, Ken, why the decline of baseball interest, cable TV? I think there's more because I think more older people or more guys like me who I just want some simplicity in my life, I think there's more people watching on cable in baseball, at least in my area, than there ever been before. And I think that times do change with the person who likes the sport. Where when I was growing up, baseball was my first love. I loved the game. I loved the stats. We used to play baseball name game all the time. Everything happened. As time goes on, and Jared's answer was great, going, hey, when you're 13 years old, all of a sudden you're, you're playing on 90-foot bases. There's kids who they can't run 90-foot bases anymore. Or they can't yet. Not anymore, but yet. There's kids who haven't developed yet that can run 90-foot bases. So there's a difference between the kids who can because some kids develop earlier, and some kids who can't, because they develop a little bit later, and it kills the game for some of those kids. I thought what Jared brought up was a good point. There's also something where not all those kids are obviously going to play professional baseball or high school baseball or college or anything, but there's still an interest in the game. And for me, it happened where in the when I turned 18 and when I went off to college, you start wanting to go out at night. Well, baseball games start at 7 o'clock. It became a harder and harder sport for me to follow. So from the years of 18 to about 23, 24, there was baseball, and I paid attention to it, and I even did minor league baseball games. I'd spent two years in double-A. But until I spent those two years in double-A, 
until about that time, baseball was on, and I'm an I'm a quote unquote I'm an Indians fan. I really couldn't tell you much. I really couldn't tell you much during that time because you're going out, single life, trying to go out. Like there'd be nights where okay, baseball's on. I couldn't tell you as much as what a person, what a what a hardcore Indians, Yankees, Red Sox, whatever fan can tell you. I, I wasn't able to do that. Then I get married when I'm 25. We have kids. I stay home now. It's 7 o'clock. What am I going to do, run around, run off and about and do all types of other crazy stuff? No, I'm a married man. So now it's 7 o'clock. It's part of your day. Settling down for the day. You've had dinner. You're married. The kids, maybe they're in. Maybe they're going to bed, whatever. And you're watching baseball now. So there's a little bit of a chasm between what happens when you're in your teens, in your early teens, and what happens maybe when you're in your early 30s. Because I got married more, earlier than a lot of my friends. So there's still guys just getting back to baseball and watching baseball again over the last couple of years, honestly, simply just because they got married and they stay home now, which is you know, what you're supposed to do in a lot of ways. They stay home now, they take in the game, they enjoy the game, and they become baseball fans all over again. It, it takes a moment for that to happen. I think that cord cutting has something to do with it a little bit because there's not as much live sports and there's other things that can keep your attention. And there are problems with the game. The one thing that I think is a, is a problem out of the problem with the game is there is so much that's taken in, well, we're talking about three hours and 17 minutes. I still think Mike Trout is a star, but he doesn't want to be a star. Francisco Lindor is a star. Push that star. You had four or five different guys with the Cubs at any single time that could be national recognizable stars. Aaron Judge plays for the Yankees. He should be plastered not just across Major League Baseball. He's a great big six, seven home run hitting good looking guy. He should be all over professional sports. He should be all over every single ad campaign. He plays in the biggest market for one of the biggest teams in sports history. Not just in American sports history, in sports history. Because when I was in my early teens, when I was a kid, when I was playing baseball, I know that Mark McGuire has a nefarious history now. Mark McGuire was a major star. Sammy Sosa was a major star. Ken Griffey Jr., people talked about these guys on Saturday Night Live. You need to push stars instead of, well, you see, we're having a pitch clock now, and we're not going to let guys step out of the box, and we're not going to let them mess with their gloves anymore. And so now that we have a three-hour and 17-minute game, it goes from three hours and 17 minutes to three hours and three minutes. Well, now you're going to come. Does that work at all? Once you're at a game, you're at a game. If you're at something you really enjoy, which is what baseball is supposed to be, which is what professional sports are supposed to be, it's supposed to be entertainment. If you're attending something that you really enjoy, do you really think about the time that much? When I go to the grocery store, I think about the time because you don't enjoy the process. When you go to get your car worked on, when you get your oil change, oil change places, we got a five-minute oil change, we got a 10-minute oil change, we get you in, we get you out, boom, because it's an unenjoyable experience. Baseball, hey, we're going to get you in and get you out in three hours. No, no. I want to see stars. Promote your stars. You have guys who are hitting moonshots at, at incredible records like we've never seen, and people always are going to like home runs. That's why we have home run derby. You rip on you rip on the, the dunk contest every single year. It's boring. They're coming up with different new exciting ways to dunk every single year. You're telling me it's boring. But when we watch glorified batting practice and home run derby, ooh, ah, boy, we really miss Chris Berman. It's natural. It's shooting fish in a barrel. 
and you continue to hurt yourself because you could have been the quote-unquote savior of all this. Now basketball looks like it's going to be. And basketball's a great sport and as American as it gets, created right here. But baseball, summertime, 4th of July was right there. And ultimately, yes, I take the player's side. But even if I'm taking the player's side, I think to the majority of Americans, and I think you probably agree with me, maybe you don't, but to the majority of Americans, yeah, I take your side, but I don't live the same life you do, so I really don't even agree with you. Like, I know that Mike, Mike Trot, Mike Trot's not the best example. He's a pretty humble fella. So let me use Bryce Harper in there. Everybody seems to hate Bryce Harper. He seems to be one of the nice heels. Again, promote him. Heels work too. Ric Flair's beloved in professional wrestling, and I hated him as a kid. Love him now because we remember those guys. Bryce Harper was due to make, what, $27 million this year? Now, by the last by the last number I got from the guys at WIP in Philly, it's, what, six? Six million dollars? That's still six million dollars more than what a lot of people out there make. So, yeah, I can say that I, I understand your plight much more than I do the owners. Do I sympathize with you? Hell no, I don't sympathize with you. We live different lifestyles. And there are people out there who do want to watch baseball, do want to watch professional sports, and they say, yeah, you know what, I guess if I were in this argument, I would I would take the player's side, but really I don't care. You guys live different lifestyles than we do. You will always live lifestyles differently than we do. There's a lot of things that I would do still with the $6 million, quote-unquote, or even the $500,000, quote-unquote, that, that, that you would do, that I, I could do with that money that I don't know if you would do with it, but I know that you live a dream in comparison to mine. I've been laid off. I've had to deal with this. I've had to have slow unemployment benefits given to me over the last few months. and something that, to me, came out of nowhere as an American citizen. That's what people are dealing with. So when you're giving me owners who are, yes, or billionaires saying, well, we're not going to make enough money on this, which is ugly. But guess what? Owners are always thrilled to be ugly. They're used to it. They thrive on it. That's why they became titans of business, because they step on people's throats. They don't give a damn that Ken Carmen is ranting and raving on a Saturday afternoon to nobody about whether or not owners are good people or not. They don't care. That's how they became billionaires in the first place. They don't care. Players do care a little bit, but we still don't see their side of it. Because we don't live that lifestyle. To us, they live a dream. And while, yes, when you make a bigger paycheck, you're going to have bigger bills... It still isn't equitable. So, yeah, I might take your side, but I don't get where you're coming from. And honestly, as a fan, I'm getting sick and tired of having to pick a side. Get on the field or don't get on the field. Figure out a way to do this, and let's get going some way. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up next, James Herbert joins us. Basketball, they want to get back out on the court. Kyrie Irving says, hold on just a second. We'll get it all with James Herbert, CBS Sports NBA writer, coming up next. Also, 12.40 p.m. Eastern. You're going to want to hang out for this. Bill Bender, Sporting News, college football writer. I got to talk to him about Kirk Ferentz. Got to talk to him about Dabo Sweeney, Mike Norville, down at Florida State. A couple of other situations where now these coaches are going to have to start earning a paycheck again. Really earning it, not just based on wins. But James Herbert joins us next. This is the Ken Carmen Show. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, sponsored by GEICO. GEICO has introduced the GEICO Giveback, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. I tried to hit the same like high pitch as the new radicals there. For current and new customers, they'll ask your full policy term. 
Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. One hour from now, Bill Bender going to join us. We'll talk college football with him. There was a wrench thrown in the gears yesterday. Kyrie Irving made his opinion known and says he doesn't just want to make his opinion known. He wants to make the thoughts and opinions of several other players known, even though I don't believe he'll be participating, but he wants to support his team as they get ready to try to start the NBA season again. Well, when I first heard it was Kyrie, I went, oh, here we go, because I didn't know what Kyrie was saying. But when I did hear a couple of other thoughts, and I was listening to Robin Lundberg right before the show this morning, I went, uh, okay, I think I could see that. Michael Kasky blomain was great with it, and you can hear more of that, CBSSportsRadio.com. Joining us from the same website, CBSSports.com, CBSHQ, NBA writer for everybody. He's fantastic. James Herbert joins us on the show. James, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. James, first off, yeah, when I first saw it was Kyrie, I go, oh, boy, here we go. Then when I heard Michael talk about it a little bit and I I saw some of the other reporting on it, I go, okay, I, 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 think, I think I understand where he, he's getting at here. It just seems to be, I don't know, maybe the timing seems to be bothersome for fans out there. What did you make of Kyrie sharing his concerns and, and, and trying to get other players to share his concerns as well? Yeah, I think it's important to know this is not just Kyrie. He's making the headlines. He's getting credit for organizing the call and kind of leading parts of it and being vocal on it. But if you read the reporting, even if you just look on social media, like it's it's not like he is the only NBA player that has some doubts about coming back, be they related to sort of distracting from the sort of social justice mission that a lot of players are taking very seriously right now. A lot of people around America are taking very seriously right now, or whether it's because of health-related concerns, whether it's because of um, the sort of lack of freedom that players will have um, if they're living in this like pseudo-bubble environment. I mean, it, based on the reporting, Avery Bradley was extremely vocal on this call. Uh, Carmelo Anthony was vocal on this call about not being all that pumped about potentially going back to play. You can look at like Lou Williams on Instagram last night commenting and explaining how he doesn't think players should go back to just being a distraction and entertainment for fans to just relax and watch a beer when there's a lot of headlines right now about, you know, like trying to end like persistent systemic racism that's been around in this country for 400 years. So I think if this gets twisted into just Kyrie Irving wants to stop basketball from happening and is throwing a wrench into things and now everybody's freaking out, I think that kind of does a disservice to the other players who care about this and the more than an hour they spent talking about this stuff last night. It Would it have been better uh, if all of this stuff on the player side and on the team side were hashed out earlier before they tried to present this united front that the season was absolutely coming back and the wheels were motion? Yeah, absolutely. It's been kind of a disaster over the past couple of days, but I still think it's better that this conversation happens than it doesn't. Yeah, uh, well, what do you? Because on the other side, I see Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, he seemed to be a little bit upset about it. LeBron uh, has has spoken about story. How do you blend it? How, how do you blend it then, James? Because it's like, okay, you, you you should have an opinion on these things if you feel that strongly about it. We we should be opening up and talking about these issues here. But you also are basketball players. This is what we do for a living. You have to get back on the floor at some point. You don't have to get back on the floor necessarily now, but at some point, yeah, you'd want to get back on the floor. How do we how do we blend this and make this okay for the future here? Yeah, I, I think it's only natural there's going to be some disagreement here. And I think part of the reason why the past, you know, 
48 hours or, or so have been kind of surprising to people is that the NBA and the NBPA um, presented this super united front uh, over the course of this thing that I don't think was sustainable. You're talking about 450 NBA players. They're not all going to have a homogenous experience during uh, this isolation in Florida. They're not all going to have homogenous opinions on what the league should do, what the union should do. I think it's notable that Kyrie Irving still uh, on the call is apparently saying, I will support whatever we end up doing. We will show some unity. And I think there has been this like concerted effort uh, up until it has sort of become more serious as like they have to sign off on this for the last time to show unity. And even when players have privately had a lot of questions and voiced dissent, they did not go public with hardly any of it uh, until the past couple of days. And th- there, there wasn't this sort of intense discussion about, okay, we need all the information. We need to know exactly how this is going to work. And we need to talk about these concerns we have. But I think to imagine that just because the reporting was that everybody was on the same page, that everybody actually was. I think there was real fear about the health-related concerns. And then I think over the past couple of weeks, I I mean, I remember seeing like Patrick Beverly, for example, tweeting a week ago in response to some of the news that was coming out about the key dates with, with the NBA season, like, Nobody should care about basketball right now. And he's definitely not the only person that was thinking nobody should care about basketball now a week ago. And yes, of course, eventually the NBA is going to restart again. Nobody is talking about just never playing again. The, the question is, is it necessary to do it immediately? And that, I think, is something that within the NBA, within the players, that there is not one opinion on. And uh, to me... It never made sense that it was being presented as, okay, everybody is just harmonious, kumbaya, everybody is on the same page, everybody wants to come back right now, everybody thinks it's safe. I think what's true is that everybody wants to come back, but I think there's disagreement on the, like, what has to happen um, for everybody to be okay with it. James Herbert joining us on the show. Follow him on Twitter out at Outside the NBA. I know that there's more than just Kyrie who thought that, but... It does seem to be perfect, and, and the only thing I think is this is because before this happened, you know, we were talking about it earlier this week, and it just it, it dawned on me, boy, every time and it's it's happened before, but every time LeBron speaks, you know, the NBA listens, and, and the way the the way LeBron goes seems to be the way the players go, and then I see the the, the name Kyrie Irving, and it's like, well, Kyrie Irving has certainly spoken up here in his own right before against LeBron James or, or disagreeing with LeBron James, so. In that turn, I know there's other names, James, but wouldn't he be the perfect guy to be the one to kind of go the other way from LeBron James? I think, in a way, he's the perfect guy. In a way, he's imperfect because I think, yeah, he is somebody who is unafraid to say whatever is on his mind. And sometimes what is on his mind is, like, conspiracy theories and straight-up, like, bunk science that gets rejected immediately. Other times, I think he's actually had, like, sensible things to say, and he's um, been able to call attention to issues that, that are important to him. Um, I think where he becomes an imperfect messenger is because he is very easily dismissed by a lot of fans and, frankly, a lot of media. And then you end up just talking about Kyrie instead of talking about the actual issue, which I think is much more important here. But uh, when, it, when it comes to LeBron and his influence, I, I think it's LeBron. I think it's 
been the majority of superstars that make the most money and that are most determined to play this season. And, and it has almost had a chilling effect that based on the reporting of this call, like that kind of came up like young players saying, I, like, I don't know if I feel like I should use my voice, like, like literally during this call. Um, I, I think there's a divide in age and experience. I think there's a divide in power. I think there's a divide based on how much money you're making right now. And I think, honestly, since Chris Paul and LeBron James have been on the executive committee, like it has changed the way the union has worked. It has changed the way a lot of these sort of calls go. Like LeBron is going to set the tone. He was not on that call last night. And I think his like decision not to said as much as anything could have. Like he has been determined this entire time to come back and play. And it's obvious for him where he's at in his career. He wants to win another title. I, I, I understand it. Um, but I also understand people that are like, hey, wait a minute. Like, I, I don't know that I'm comfortable with how everything has gone on. And uh, probably some of this is to do with information as well. I mean, LeBron James is, can get anybody on the phone that he wants at any time, can be completely abreast of the latest developments uh, in terms of the health protocols, in terms of what the plan is. And I think he also likes to be very focused on training and getting ready. And he has his own private gym. And he just, he, I think, has felt good about this. He has felt good about coming back. Other people within the NBA who are younger might not be quite as sure of what's going on and might not be as okay with it and might not be as ready to come back and as obsessed with it as LeBron seems to have been. I'll admit to you, if I were a rookie and if I, if I were like a six-man or something like that on one of these other teams, I'd probably be a little bit nervous. to. If I, if I had concerns, which everybody has concerns, it's just to me which varying degree you have concerns of, whatever it be, where you're not allowed to leave the bubble or health concerns in the bubble, whatever it might be, I'd probably yeah. be a little bit nervous myself, James. I mean, LeBron is a very powerful person, and I don't think I'd want to cross him if I were in the NBA, i got to be honest. I mean, the same power dynamics that would exist on, like, if any meeting or conference call like at your job are going to exist in 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 like the NBA and with these players like there's absolutely a hierarchy in every locker room and there's a hierarchy I think within the union as well uh, and Kyrie Irving is somebody who like himself is a star player and feels extremely confident using his voice and if he were a rookie I I don't know that he would be sort of challenging everything the same way. But he's been in the league long enough, and he clearly is going to say what is on his mind. And uh, I think he can get the credit, I guess, for getting this started um, and making this more of an urgent conversation and facilitating that phone call. But, uh, I, I mean, somebody like Donovan Mitchell, he's pretty young, but also, like, he's an all-star, and he expressed, uh, concerns reportedly about health. Um, he's heading into a summer where, you know, he wants to be healthy. He wants to end up getting that max. And um, there are concerns. Mind you, these are not just concerns from the players. There are concerns from training staff, medical staffs around the league about, like, avoiding injury during this time. Like, you're going from not playing any competitive basketball to, yes, you're going to have uh, a training camp. You're going to have a couple of maybe like intra-squad scrimmages or, or, or what have you, and then immediately you're just playing every other day. And uh, I think even with the fact that there's no travel, uh, there's concern about 
uh, injuries happening in that situation. And Donovan Mitchell, to his credit, spoke up about that. Kyrie spoke about other things. And I think all of this stuff needs to be discussed. And if you are a rookie, you are not necessarily going to want to be the one that brings all of this to the fore at this time. You think the December start, we only have a couple of minutes left. Do you think the December start will be something that's permanent? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that's the plan. I, I could see it if the NBA were to shorten the season, um, but I, I don't think they're going to want to go extra long every year. And I, by the way, would be in full support of shortening the season. I, I don't think there's anything magical about the number 82. Uh, I think it is too much uh, uh, for a lot of reasons that we could get into, but we don't have enough time right now. Um, but I just think the NBA is so concerned with making back um, the money that they're going to lose based on this year and next year will be different too, that I don't see them being in a rush to eliminate games from the schedule and, and make it shorter. Uh, so I, I, I think the conversation might get started, but I, I would be pretty surprised if um, it quickly went to being a permanent thing. I think 60 games would be fine with me. Me too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, like, 58 is a good number. You just play every team twice, and you're, you're done with it. <laughs> I, I, really, I, don't see, I don't see things changing where – and, again, I know we got to let you go here, James, but I just don't see change where people want to have quality of life and they want to go different places. I, I think they'll always have that freedom to go different places. It's like, okay, so there will probably be, with the exception of a couple of years, a, a handful of teams that we always take seriously, but I think that's the way in every sport. It's like, yeah. 60 games would be fine. James, thank you so much for the time, buddy. All the best. Have a great weekend, or try to have a great weekend if you can. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Thank you. James Herbert, CBSSports.com, NBA writer. Follow him on Twitter at Outside the NBA. 60's fine, or he said 58. You play every team twice. Okay. That'd be fine with me. The stats, that would be different. The stats would certainly be different. It would affect some guys' numbers. It might affect some guys' money, which is probably another reason it would never happen. But, no, I think I'd be okay with it. Coming up in less than an hour, Bill Bender joins us. We'll talk college football with him. Major changes there. The top five. And this is the perfect time for a Colin Kaepernick comeback. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 